This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. In Dumb Faerun, our heroes defeated the Fries and returned to their fortress. Juniper was glad to have saved a small town like the one she lost. Butthole continued exploring his new identity as a quasi-god, and Quinny welcomed his daughter into his life in his own sarcastic way. But can they save their new loved ones from certain doom? Or is this just a momentary reprieve? Find out next on Dumb Dumbs and Dragons! There's been an awful lot of tragedy in the world of the dum-dums. Everything from the death of Quinny to the death of Butthole, uh, the recent loss of familiar Billy Fingers, uh, the loss of friends, entire nations, um, all manner of allies, enemies along the way. There have been betrayals. There have been romances. People have married strauds. You know, lots of things have happened. (laughs) And of course, now the dead walk the earth. Uh, which is not great. Hell's doors are closed. Also not great. One of you might have god power now. Another one might secretly be becoming something much scarier than a god very slowly over a long span of time. One of you just became a dad. Uh, And one of you is still, honestly, can vouch. Uh, And one of you is still very much... um, persevering, but also living with the weight of an entire town uh, that has gone missing and that is out there fending for itself. Um, so these are difficult times. That said, at the Castle of Forlorn Hope, there is, for the first time in a tremendously long time, uh, a sense of optimism. Uh, things aren't great here. Uh, a lot of the food carts uh, didn't make it, as we we, we discussed previously, uh, before a little 2099 jaunt, before the turn of the century in the future. Um That said, with uh, the benefit of Juniper and uh, her ability to um, accelerate plant growth, there certainly has been a lot of food, but all of this has come with a cost. Uh, So essentially, um, what I'm going to say for for all of you kind of as as we kick things off is although things are good, all of you have a degree of exhaustion. I'm not giving you one level of exhaustion because it's not quite that bad, Um, but uh, you only have half your hit dice. 
um, ah. available to you um, on rests. And oh. uh, there might be some other mechanics that uh, that that come into to play a little bit later. So no, it's not like half your health, but just when you go to heal, you can't. <laughs> yeah, heal as I much misheard you're all just, that. Like, it was suddenly like, tired. yeah, no, no, it's okay. It won't give you exhaustion. Just like <laughs> I'm just gonna take away all your HP. Yeah, everyone, hand me your character sheets. You all died of starvation. This is a yeah, weird. So do we want to say ha- we have half our regular number of hit dice, or how do you want to do that? That's correct. Yes. Time? Yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure yeah. I got that right. Uh, and there may be some other effects as we go. Um, largely just that all of you are functional, but as the leaders of uh, the, this sort of small survivor encampment, um, all of you are going to be slightly more prone to um, injury, to exhaustion, uh, to distraction. Um, and basically things may affect you harder than they normally would hmm. just because while you're maintaining, like you're all absolutely maintaining your sort of like, professional roles in this community um but there is no rest to be had and the yeah, rest we're of aging you have... like obama <laughs> yeah <Honest>? or like <laughs> uh i was thinking more battle stars 22 minutes where it's just like everyone is on the bridge being like we're good at flying the ship but we could all really use a nap without cylons um but yes, or raging like obama that's fine too yeah. um, barack obama story yeah yeah uh, yeah, war with so, Cylons or being Barack Obama. Either will yeah. age you 30 years in 10 years. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's uh, things are a bit rough. That said, um, having established uh, a food, an on-site food supply, um, being able to aid that food supply a bit in a way that you couldn't previously. There weren't things to grow before, um, so Juniper's uh, powers weren't of particular help. Now that there are things to grow, yeah. um, she can absolutely assist with that. Uh, that said, uh, that foodie is running, always is running fairly thin, largely because more and more refugees keep finding their way here. Uh, as a beacon of hope um, against the undead legion um, unleashed by the nation of Akka and uh, the necromancer, uh, Grace and Typhus, um, people, the, the legend of the dum-dums has spread. Uh, there's, your your story is on the tongues of, of bards around, uh, well, sort of spoken in hushed tones. Um, of course, this is a hard place to find, as we established, so not everyone finds their way here. But the mere fact that there is a place somewhere that is is uh, thriving uh, in this part of the world. Some of the cities are, are more fine than others. Um, but even then you're receiving word that like even the occupied nations like um, Neverwinter and other places, um, Waterdeep, they're basically sending their like, oh, fucking congratulations, good work, keep it up. They're basically uh, England in Independence Day being like, oh, thank God, the Americans came up with a plan. <laughs> like they're just happy that someone is figuring out a way to um, yeah. to actively stand against this. Uh, and the fact that the undead can't just flood in is tremendously helpful. Um so as refugees continue to arrive, uh, as, as new faces continue to, to appear, uh, it was decided that after all of the hardship of uh, leaving uh, Quintown slash uh, Cornucopia, of um, in some cases escaping a war-torn future, um, and for all the, the weary travelers who are arriving, um, just surviving isn't enough. Um, there needs to be some joy and there needs to be a, a, bit, a bit of happiness uh, beyond the miracles that Butthole is um, performing or kind of the, the odd rejuvenating spark that having young people around has brought. Um, mm. Having uh, Ginny and Seamus and uh, 
and uh, other kids <laughs> running around is um, weirdly brings a sense of of continuance uh, to this this space, and particularly a, a castle kind of drenched in such tragedy and loneliness. It really uh, brings a different tone. So. With all that in mind, um, as the the kind of ruling council, um, you came to the decision uh, to throw something that, uh, that uh, one of you, probably Bucky, uh, named <laughs> and that Annan fucking hates, uh, called uh, the Lost and Foundstival. Oof. Um, <laughs> and the Lost and Foundstival is a large party being thrown in Forlorn Hope this very evening. Uh, and the goal is to honor the lost and to celebrate the found. Um, a way for everyone to kind of collectively mourn and also collectively celebrate um, life and survival and and uh, continuance. Um, the Foundstival um, consists of two uh, major, well, I guess three major parts. Um, one is uh, the the opening toast um, that Butthole, I assume, would probably fall to you, um, which is to address uh, the citizens of, of Forlorn Hope. Um, and sort of set a tone. Um, it's the keynote address, uh, if this were a, sh- a shitty corporate festival. Um, there is the Feast of St. Mudbutt, um, a, uh, a potluck uh, where everyone will bring uh, a dish that matters to them. They, no one's cooking like a massive amount of like, you know, Kevin from the office level chili because it's just not <laughs> enough food. Instead, the request is that everyone um, makes as close as they can something that, that matters to them. Um, whether it's Aww. from their history or just something they enjoy eating or that's a comfort. And basically just everyone's going to throw all those down on a table and just grab whatever you want, have as much of it as you can, and and just kind of in, enjoy a feast, like serve a stone soup feast uh, as best you can. Um, and finally, with uh, the arrival of uh, the, the Black Mages, a uh, famous touring band, um, yes. and, uh, and their, their, their bards, uh, it has been decided that to cap the evening off, we're going to sing some goddamn karaoke, um, to just really embrace song and sort of collectively sing against the undead, um, and, and the situation you find yourselves in. Um, and, uh, this thing has been, uh, under planning for, you know, um, a couple weeks now. Um, and, uh, the day is finally upon us. A lot of things have been happening uh, at Forlorn Hope since last we met the Dum Dums. Um, most importantly, with the uh, sort of reestablishment of um, the Raven Gates um, in Barovia, uh, which Alan isn't always on the other end of the line for. For some reason, she just isn't always picking up the phone. Um, she's resting a lot, and you get the sense that the work she's doing must be taking a lot out of her. Yeah, she seems selfish. very distant. <laughs> Um, at times, uh, you know, almost like her body is processing some kind of, I don't know, <laughs> ambrosia nectar or some shit. Um, but that would never happen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it has allowed you to start to plan a bit bigger than just what do we do right here, right now, all the time. Uh, part and parcel with that, a number of different expeditions are underway. And basically I'm just going to give you a lay of the land and then we're going to check in with all of your characters and see kind of what they would be most interested in in terms of what's going on. And uh, we'll kind of check in around the fortress. Um, first and foremost, um, a mission has been sent out to reestablish connection to the Thieves Guild. Um, mm. Now that uh, Bryn, uh, having rescued Bryn from Barovia, uh, you might actually have a, a legit in there now. Um, no one's quite sure who's running the guild anymore. Um, with uh, um, 
Whoop. I was going to say Grayson Typhus. That's the wrong one. Uh, Avalon Riker uh, having died. Um, there's a lot of confusion also. Communication's been cut off, and the Thieves Guild seems to have disappeared back into the shadows. Um, kind of yeah. more, in a lot of ways, Quinny, I think for you, like, it's oddly comforting. Like, Ginny is a big fan of, of the fact that they've disappeared because, like, the flashiness of the Thieves Guild doesn't really sit with her. She really liked the old school, like, you know, mm. you'd find a mark. You know, she's never fucking seen this, but she read about it. Like, you'd find a mark on a She was at an early age. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's honestly just Meryl getting the old Foxhound tattoo in Metal Gear and being like, no, the old version. Um, so yeah, so she she's kind of like a little bit fangirly about this. Um, unfortunately, it's just inconvenient for all of you because they're useful connections. So um, a small team has been sent out uh, to uh, reestablish connection with them. Um, a team has also been dispatched to reestablish connection to Greywater. Um, you know that uh, Polka is still out there with the remnants of the mercenary forces Last you'd heard, Neverwinter was occupied but hadn't fallen. Um, so undead kind of wandering the streets, but more so to keep people online, not just like wantonly eating. Like it wasn't like fucking Raccoon City. It's just a city that Grayson is using his zombies to kind of pin down, which is true of a lot of the major metropolises. He's kind of running into that problem that uh, occupying nations have where it's like, Ooh, well, we want the city, so we can't just burn it to the ground. And if we keep the city, then there's also people in the city. So yeah, just we'll get to it. Um, a team has been dispatched to see if they can find uh, Juniper's body, uh, Xanthus's lair, and to recover uh, her, her lost items and figure out if that uh, sort of volcano base uh, that Juniper you've been able to describe uh, mm -hmm. still exists. Um, this is a bit of a trickier spot because it's very clear that that wasn't in this dimension. Right. Um, so that team has been led by... Uh, 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 Mo Dirt, um, who mm. is kind of leading a, a small team with the assistance of Alan and the Raven Gates uh, to kind of hop from, from place to place. Unfortunately, because the gates can't constantly be open, sometimes yeah. they're waiting for a pickup. Um, so they've been gone for some time. Uh, there's also a small team uh, that is beginning to investigate the Great Collide. Uh, although you have... Um, delayed it quite considerably, it is inevitable. Um, mm -hmm. And... Although you have more pressing matters with Aka and the Planteers, um, Juniper, it's never really left your your mind that oh, hell no. this is this is thing that's coming. But unlike before, where you were just wandering around listening to a scroll, now we're starting to get scholars uh, and philosophers and mages who are doing a lot of the work that you would have to travel places to get done normally. Right. So it's basically teams now just kind of working around the clock, trying to triangulate what this means and where to look. Um, and finally, um, there are teams starting to investigate how uh, to get to the Plantier Nation. Um, so... This isn't high on your priority list. Akka is number one with a bullet. Uh, Typhus must be stopped. Um, Emily must either be brought around to justice or stopped. Butthole, you've kind of got, you've gone back and forth a bit between like, okay, I think she's savable. I think she's good. And then she's done some tremendously horrible things. And you're like, maybe not. Um, just kind of, it's, it's hard. It's hard to figure that out without actually talking to her. So that's kind of top of mind because honestly, the undead threat is, it's preventing almost anything from happening. And Moonhammer only knows what they're up to over there. It's it's a real bad idea to just leave a Ka ascendant in a hole and let them just do whatever they want to do for a long time. Um, but uh, the Planteers remain a threat. Captain Planteer, having um, had his marriage annulled and been uh, squarely, squarely embarrassed, uh, is still out there. And you are no doubt on his shit list, um, as is Moonhammer, if he can ever figure out where she got to. So concerns all around. Um 
to that effect, what the three of you know, but very few other people within um, Forlorn Hope do, is that this party is is genuine, but is also a cover. Um, because with Doc Huckleberry's report and uh, Reginald's spy mastering, you have determined that there is a way into a car. It's extraordinarily dangerous, and not a lot of people can go on it. Um, essentially, Doc Huckleberry took refuge with some survivors who for a time were camped out uh, in what seemed to be a forgotten mine. Um, they found scraps of uh, adamantine, an incredibly rare resource, um, and kind of thought they'd lucked into something pretty good. They would have resources to sell, and they had a safe place to hide. Um, horrors crawled out of the darkness and killed several of them before uh, the rest managed to escape and sort of continued on their way. But Reginald, uh, upon hearing this like Doc Huckleberry already thought this was somewhat suspicious. Uh, a cause known for mining adamantine. It's a huge important piece of um, the amount of, you know, regal adornment they want in the name of Tempest, the god of war. Um, Reginald, you would recognize this as a, a mine that was like shut down in your world uh, for being too dangerous. But after it was like mined very, very heavily, almost too to dry. Here, with the arrival of Emily and the birth of you, Butthole, they didn't need to mine for Tempest anymore because they planned to just kind of have him around, uh, and then they wouldn't necessarily need the materials. So essentially, between Doc Huckleberry's report of an abandoned mine on the edge of a Ka territory and, Reginald, your understanding of what that mine is, Butthole, I don't think you would have any history in this whatsoever. Um, the determination is going through this mine will basically bring you up not under the palace, but very deep into the heart of a Ka. Hmm. Uh, it'll be hella dangerous because adamantine is not a safe thing to mine. And clearly there are, are horrors lurking in the shadows. Uh, and also once you're in a Ka, this is the final push. It's, it's take out Typhus, redeem or kill Emily, or the world falls. So this is in a lot of ways a suicide mission. Um, there's really only one result. Um, either it's victory or death. And as a result, um, the dum-dums have been very careful about who they've decided to send on this mission. This isn't a send everyone in because the odds are tremendously, tremendously bad. Uh, and as a result, you're kind of using this festival almost as a soft goodbye. Um, but also, if there are spies, there are so many people in the castle now, it's almost impossible to know. Reginald is very concerned that there's probably infiltrators. Look, if you can send a Stevem in, there's they've probably sent a Stevem here. Um, the party will give you very, very good cover to slip away in the night and into these mines. So that's where we find ourselves. Um, I'm curious kind of what each of your, what what sort of state all of you are in as this day begins. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about what you've you've been up to to this point, now that I've talked for 20 straight minutes. <laughs> uh well, just I, I there's one thing that I'm kind of curious about that I'm assuming is, excuse me, is part of our plan to know. Uh, but how are we going to get to this mine in the first place? Are we going to use a gate? Um, Doc Huckleberry kind of has a route um, that okay. he. It's it it's. We're getting there the old-fashioned way. Yeah, it's going to okay, be cool. on okay. foot. I mean, the goal isn't to reach the mine tonight. It's just to like. Got it. Start disappear kind of without telling okay. anyone what the plan is or where you're going. Um, disappear under cover of night and then use a, a variety of tricks and, and traps to, to get there. But yeah, um, 
unfortunately, the the Raven Gate technology isn't tremendously precise. There's a lot of like portaling to a specific like the Raven Gates link to each other, so it's very much like um, in in the video game Portal, where it's like one portal <laughs> here, one portal there. You step out of this portal, like step through one out of the other. Um, yeah. It's not like a Rick and Morty portal gun where it's like, I can just determine that there's a portal somewhere and we just pop through it. Right. Um, right. Which has limited, like, again, it will make a lot of your travel a hell of a lot easier, but not so much that you're just like Skyrim fast traveling from mm-hmm. place to place. Got it. Okay. Um, I mean, Quinny was uh, training Ginny how to become a, a you know, a very competent and, and, and better thief and how to, you know, take care of herself. And I think just with this plot developing, it's very uh, clear to him that this is an all or nothing kind of mission and he might not come back. So he just wants to make sure that she is as well taken care of in terms of like and, and trained and well prepared as can be uh, in the event that, you know, he never sees her again. Mm-hmm. So he'd be looking to do that a lot. Would Butthole and Juniper, do you think you would have tried to convince Quinny out of going? Would that have ever been on the table? Mm, nope. Definitely not for Juniper. Uh, no, Butthole would talk to him about a different issue, but not not going. Okay. That doesn't, I, I mean... Knowing the stakes here, buttholes of the opinion that like he himself, if this could be carried out, is worth losing. Like it's we're we're safe. We're literally saving the world. The world yep. is a hellscape full of zombies. Yeah. Thousands, if not but tens to hundreds of thousands, are dying every day. We gotta go solve this shit. And Quinny's too good at murder to not bring, you know, murder child with us. <laughs> um, Quinny, can you roll me a sleight of hand check, please? Yeah. These stats coming off the uh, the other character sheet. These stats are something else. Uh, so this will be a total of twenty nine for slight of hand. Fuck off. <laughs> the hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are four twenty friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have Indicloud back as a sponsor. As Indicloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product. Dank Sickles. <laughs> it's got a great name, and I've never seen anything like this before. A summertime popsicle with 20 milligrams of cannabis. These bad boys come in wild cherry and blue race flavors, and you can mix and match with a pack of five or go with your flavor of choice. Dank Sickles are strong enough to share, but mellow enough to take to your next beach day or vacation. And unlike your sketchy neighborhood shop or dealer, IndiCloud gives you savings on every single order. It could be through their gold rewards program, their subscribe and save deals, or our special promo code just for Dumb Dumbs and Dragons listeners. So please, right now, get 30% off your purchase. Head to indicloud.co slash dumdums to get 30% off your first order. And tell them that Dumb Dumbs and Dragons sent you. That's I-N-D-A-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O, not com, C-O, slash dumdums, D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S, to get 30% off your first order. And let us know how the dank sickles are. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so 
easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Welcome back to my first advertisement. That's right, it's the great wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice. It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere too. For one dollar, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At five dollars, you get a weekly tableside chat, plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today! So, um, Quinny, uh, things with training Ginny has actually been easier than you would have expected, um, largely because a lot of the resistance and a lot of the pushback you get about other things with Ginny is n- simply not present um, when it comes to thieving. With When it comes to okay. thieving, she's just like an attentive, um, able student. Mm-hmm. Um it's just, you know, the rest of the parenting piece is is still, like, positive, but touch and go. Um, but uh, there's no, like, petulance and sort of teen angst around learning the combat stuff. This is literally, like, her lifelong dream coming true um, to, to train with you on this stuff. Well, and because she's been working, you know, guerrilla tactics on her own, like, a lot of what you're teaching her is is better versions of stuff she's already doing. Right, would she be as receptive to um, any other teachers that I introduce her to because I would want to give her the best education that like even I didn't get. Like I would I would have her spend a few hours with like butthole every day learning about like uh, war tactics and things like that. I would have her with like Reginald. I would have her with uh, Juniper. Um, like like and and... Yeah, I would have her just with like everyone who I kind of like admire for different reasons to tr- teach her their strengths. Absolutely, yeah. She actually uh, had only half jokingly pitched you exactly that uh, mm-hmm. back when you you were first uh, 
offering to train her as she was still kind of trying to find uh, find her feet. So on that note, then, um, as it I think it makes sense to deal with with uh, Ginny now. Um, so then, uh, Butthole, Reginald, and Juniper. Um, Ginny spent some time learning from all of you. Um, and I would like to, I'd like you to tell me what major lesson you imparted to her. Uh, and then let's do those scenes. Cause I feel like Queenie gets a lot of Ginny time. Uh, but I'm really curious to see what like one-on-one -on -one time with your new niece is like, um, <laughs> for, for both of you. All three of you, I suppose. Um, Tyler, is there anyone else? Like, would uh, would you send her to uh, Gosh, Bucky? To would you send her to our... Annan? Like, the funny thing about Bucky is it's like none of his <laughs> abilities seem to be learned. So Queenie's like, I don't know how I don't know how that kid is going to teach my kid how to do anything that he does. Yeah, it's a little bit like saying like, oh, you want to be an actor? Cool, go stand in a cafe until a producer notices you and makes you a yeah. star. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Declan and System would be pretty new and clearly sociopaths. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, going to deal with them later. They are, them. Uh, they are they're they're gently off the board uh, at the moment. Yeah, uh, and I would assume Alan, he would definitely try, but I'm also sure Alan would be like too too tired, too busy. Mm -hmm. I got stuff going on, but um, she's not magic, oh magical. Like, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's stop wasting Alan's time. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've been with this cast of characters who yeah. is our major domo who is running our house what's her name Annan. she did the book deal and oh my god yes thank you i would definitely no have her uh train under Annan for like picking up any kind of skills that Annan wants to impart on her yeah um, Annan uh ironically turns her into an emily for a week because Annan is trying to put together this stupid lost and found festival um and just saying the name <laughs> literally like makes her cringe every time it will not surprise you to know yevgenovich fucking loves the idea of this festival um and he's he's stumbling around in his new body trying to help as much as he can um but uh yeah okay so she trains a bit under Annan, um picks up some kind of like organizational know-how um i think she she spends 10 to 15 minutes with bucky because there's no way bucky would not offer it constantly until the, yeah, the no, offer was Bucky's taken. Bucky's too help, so helpful. He probably shows up in other people's lessons <laughs> as like a training dummy or just whatever you need. Bucky's there. Yeah. Amazing. Um, all right. So Juniper. He's the crash test dum-dum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy to do it. Um, Juniper, Butthole, and Reginald, what would you impart to uh, Ginny? Uh, Juniper as Mrs. Paisley would give... Uh, Ginny a crash course in forging documents specifically like um, things that would allow her to assume assume other identities to sneak her way uh, uh, Laura can you roll me a d6 please yeah that's a two okay um, Ginny is doing that thing where she's like She's, she's paying attention, but she's also constantly kind of darting her eyes um, up at Mrs. Paisley. Um, and you get the sense that she is, A, really in awe of the fact that you can uh, shape change. Um, B, desperately wants to ask you about it. But C, was probably told by Quiddy not to. Um, <laughs> so uh, she is only half paying attention um, and uh, just kind of saying like, uh, yeah, okay, so... 
it's important to look for the little errors that people make when they write so that when you repeat it, you have those and that makes it different, even if it's just a little bit off. Okay. I, I get all of that. Um, and just like, again, giving you the look that, uh, you, yes. You what have. is it? Ah, um, I don't know if there's a way to ask this without being a dick, but I kind of think I need to ask it. What's it like to be Mrs. Paisley sometimes and uh, Sheriff Juniper sometimes and Echo sometimes? Doesn't it get confusing? That's very interesting. Something, honestly, I haven't haven't really explained to someone in quite a while. Uh, It's just, uh, you know... uh, it won't surprise you to know that a lot of the teenagers, um, you know, the, like the younger ones, not me, obviously, but like the younger ones are, are kind of trying to figure out who they are. And they're, they're having so much trouble with just one personality, you know, and kind of one set of ambitions and, and likes and dislikes and hopes and dreams that I, I, I just I can't help but feel like you, you must be dealing with like a bunch of them and, and balancing all of them. And Well, you know, that's the thing about being young is that you think you have to be defined by one thing. Do you kind of realize as you're getting older that you are many things? Um, you can believe different things. You can believe two conflicting things at once. You can have many different thoughts. You can have many different goals. I mean, I enjoy forgery. I also enjoy knitting. <laughs> and then sometimes if I'm not in the mood for that, well then, I don't know, maybe I'll just become... A little echo, and if I'm feeling particularly scary or murderous, or but and uh, and she just turns uh, kind of morphs into her old west moss, uh, Sheriff Juniper, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and just says, At the end of the day, it's all me, just like you know, if when you're thieving. And no judgment, obviously. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that... Wait, are you a thief around everyone? And Juniper oh. just, like, checks her pockets. Um, and uh, Before I make this point. Ginny uh, kind of uh, laughs and, and rolls her eyes and she says, Oh, no, stealing from your friends? That's really more a my dad's generation thing. I've always thought that was kind of tacky. Yeah, like, that's not who you are all the time, is it? No, and honestly, I've been struggling so much with that uh, because, you know, when I was in in Quintown, um, I was the the thief person, uh, and and then suddenly I met Quinny, uh, and suddenly it's like, oh shit, my dad's alive and he's the world's greatest thief, and that's cool. But if I'm hanging out with him, then like I'm clearly not the thief person anymore. And then I came here, and there's like. A bunch like I was talking to Mr. Mr. Tracks and like he's a really good rogue. Um, and I've heard all these stories about Bryn, and it sounds like she's a good rogue. And like it just I suddenly realized, I think, and she like looks left and right. Um, and she's like, Look, I know you're not Dr. Martha right now, but I, I think if you don't mind, um It immediately turns into Dr. Martha. Oh, she's this, like, Oh no, cool. I I, I would have been happy to just tell tell Juniper this too, actually. I'm, I'm honestly I'm really just enjoying getting to talk to, to you and whatever form okay. you want to And be, she so goes back. So <laughs> fucking cool. Okay. Um, I, I guess uh, I just went from being 
the person who always wanted to be the greatest thief to realizing very, very quickly that, uh, A, that seems to have only made my dad miserable uh, and die and then mm-hmm. make deals with mm-hmm. evil witches. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it, I think the fine print on World's Greatest Thief was a lot worse than I thought. Um, still cool, but maybe not all, you know, swashbuckling adventures and, you know, r- r- stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and, and all that more getting blown up by swords and going to hell. Um, and uh, so I'm realizing I'm not the thief person. I'm a thief and I'm a good thief and that's fine, but that just can't be my whole personality. And I'm also not girl whose hero dad uh, disappeared and I'm not solving the mystery of whether or not he was just a town guard or like mm-hmm. an actual super cool thief. And, um, you know, there was the whole fight with the potatoes team that was very concerning. Uh, and I'm just having to rethink a lot of things, you know? So it's really quite refreshing to hear that I don't have to just be one thing because I honestly, ever since I got here, I realized I'm not that thing. And if I'm not that thing, I don't know what I am. And it's great that I can be more than one thing. So if I can be more than one thing that I can be like 80% thief or like, you know, if I took multiple classes, some kind of multi-class situation, then maybe I'd be uh, just, and, um, she just like throws her arms around you and she just says like, just fucking thank you. Thank you for just being so clear about that. You've honestly, I've been so worried about this and I tried to talk to uncle butthole about it, but he's a lot. Um, and look, by the way that you're talking, it seems like you already knew this. Look, I, I hang around with like a weird kid from the future and a bunch of scared people who almost got eaten by zombies and Bucky. So there's not a lot of time for me to really have these nice introspective chats with anyone. And dad's been really drilling me hard on, on, on the thiefing stuff lately. Um, you know, uh, and Tyler, I'm just going to pause for a second to ask, would, would Ginny know about the mission? My inclination would be as she does, but I would probably leave that up to you. <laughs> I think Queenie's instinct would be no to bolt in the night, but he's done that once before. <laughs> Uh, and uh, uh, you could also tell her right before you go. I'm just curious yeah, what information kind of she has while she's talking. Those consequences. Uh, I think Quinny is kind of going a little heavy-handed with like, you know, I won't always be around to help okay. you with this yep. and that kind of stuff. Kind uh, of ramping up to something, but sure, hasn't fully gone like I'm going on a suicide mission. Perfect. She's like, so I think Dad's trying to overcompensate for not being around for a long time, and also for that time that I almost got killed. I think it really spooked him, and also I, I think. Uh, uh, Grant and Gramps met have given him some shit for it so uh, anyway he's really dialing that up there hasn't been a lot of time uh, to talk so and, and Butthole's been super super supportive um, but sometimes you need to talk something through in a way where you don't necessarily where things aren't necessarily okay and you don't necessarily win and you're not necessarily mm-hmm. the greatest person and I really appreciate all the support he's giving me but also like I'm a bit of a mess right now and this has been super helpful Good. I mean, thank you. When things are messy, you just have to remember just honestly, just go with your gut and just do what feels right. Don't f- try to force yourself into a box and you'll figure out who you are and the many multifaceted people you are inside. Um, and just like, um, like again, that like I'm not smiling, but I'm smiling. Smile. Um, and she just says, uh, "Thanks. That's that's awesome. This was super super helpful." Um, 
And uh, as she goes, uh, she just uh, turns back around and holds up uh, a scroll and says, uh, I don't, don't really have any classes to write myself a get-out-of-school note for, but I, I wrote a pretty good one, so thank you. I think this is going to come very handy. And then she like does like a sleight-of-hand trick uh, from fucking Quinny's 29 um, and pockets it uh, up and her sleeve. Juniper just kind of like Mrs. Paisley's face comes over and winks at her, and she goes back. Right. There's like a, a little like, <laughs> and then she just bolts uh, because, <laughs> you know, she can't, she can't show her heart too much. Aww, That'd be that's... too much. That's the title um, of my uh, over-engineered uh, heist movie, by the way. Quinny's 29. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. Should well, I mean, Maude Crankshaft already it, made but... one, and it was less than <laughs> good. So, you know what? Yeah, we're due for a reboot. The cast goes really downhill after the first 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, alrighty. So. Um, it was uh, going to be 30, but they cut Gina Carano. Almost <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did a spit take. <laughs> she was doing fine. And then, and then she not said anymore. some shit, and we we're like, "Well, now, now, now you got to, now you got to go." Yep, sorry. Qu- Quinny says no. Yeah. <laughs> Quinny, who is addicted to money and has almost no morals, said, "No, not you in this film." Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Jean uh, Carlo Esposito joined the next day, so it worked out. It's good. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> Barely um, had to retype the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move All a right, lot of vowels um, around. We were fine. <laughs> So you guys done? You wanna you wanna spend some more time on? Uh, I'm not sure. On... If you try to tell more of the story, I think then we'll find the Joker we're sitting on. Yeah. yeah. If you want to start talking, to I will happily interrupt you again. Don't Arriving worry. at the doors, an unexpected stranger, a guest from your past. You never would. No. Okay. Well, I guess now someone does show up. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Someone actually does show up. Um, great. Okay. Um, I think I might space these Ginny scenes out. Uh, originally I was just going to do all three of them in a row, but I think it makes sense to, to parse these out a bit. Uh, Juniper, what else, uh, since we're on you right now, uh, what else have you been working on? Um, obviously you've been keeping the, the food going. Um, and I think uh, if I can get a nature check from you. Oh, yeah. Good. Juniper surprisingly not good in nature. Oopsie poopsie. Oh, but that's an 18, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Also, again, realistically, you're, you're working with what you got. Um, <laughs> a lot of gourds. Just a, a gourd-heavy situation from uh, from Cornucopia. A um, lot so, of lentils. They're just packed. Packed with that nutritional <laughs> packed goodness. <lentils. laughs> um, yeah, so you've been doing a lot of that. Um, and I think uh, you've also been coordinating uh, the, the Great Collide search. Oh, yeah. Um, who uh, again? We've got. I, I'm happy to run you a quick list of, of important names that are currently with you. But is there anyone that jumps to mind that you would have wanted to assign to this, or would you have just been kind of like content to take whoever's uh, available and on it? Um, I. I <laughs> it's been I literally an age, have so like, no idea. Like, <laughs> who yeah, is that's totally here? Fine. I just know there's a shit ton of people. <laughs> We and do the have like general several... idea. I'm like, I know Annan and mm-hmm. Yevgenovich mm-hmm. and the the people from <laughs> the people from, the, from <laughs> Cornucopia and, and others. Other people. <laughs> great. So I think in terms of the, the Great Clyde, this is a bit of like metaphysical nonsense. Um so it's not something that I think you would want everyone to know about necessarily either. Um so I think we'll say that uh currently 
looking into it are kind of inner circle people. So I think Reginald's probably on that, but absent. Um, okay. I think Bucky is on that team because he's got magic and he can be trusted despite his yeah. overabundance of enthusiasm. No, that makes sense, especially, yeah, 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 with Bucky being weirdly um, I think Annan, when she isn't doing festivals and Castilian work, is probably assisting with this just because she's got a good organizational brain for like, yep. okay, so we have multiple planes of existence, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> and I think the other... Honestly, I think the other member of that team is probably Alan slash uh, Hawaiian Strahd. Um, I think given a, yeah. the the Strahd situations in Barovia, um, it's you're occasionally getting correspondence from him. And it's clear that he is working on that over there because being someone who is very acutely aware of the multiple dimension piece um, he's kind of uniquely positioned to speak to it. Unfortunately, it's very fucking hard to get mail from a weird intraplanar uh, spooky castle made of mist. So you don't you're not getting constant updates, but um, yeah. you do occasionally get useful uh, useful information. Unfortunately, there isn't there isn't like an immediate lead on any of this. It's just something that you're that is being investigated. Man, um, it's too bad Xanthus wasn't on our side. <laughs> you do have a Xanthus. Uh, he's just Butler Xanthus over in Barovia, and unfortunately, yeah, he fuck that guy. wasn't part of it. Yeah, he has he, no he's idea. great. He's such a nice guy, though. Um, it was useless. <laughs> well, I'm sure uh, he's a great Butler. Yeah, I mean, useless. <laughs> we have such for a great history with Butler. Yes, I mean, absolutely. calling him useless sounds more like an Allen thing than a Juniper thing. I think Juniper <laughs> appreciates people. Well, that probably means yeah, that really, Juniper... Yeah, honestly, Juniper really does. Sorry, well, I'm that... saying this more. I'm talking as Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, though, it sounds to me like Juniper asked if that Xanthus would know anything, and Alan sent back that message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was a back and forth between totally. the two of them that just ended up being Laura the player commenting. Um, okay, great. So, Great Clyde investigation is underway. There's not a lot to go on, so it's more so just like, we know this is out there, we're working on it, fine. Um... You've got uh, Mo Dirt um, on uh, off after your armor, I think, um, and like your gear. This might be more of a butthole question. Butthole, who would you have put on on team, like collect, try and collect Juniper stuff and scout uh, Xanthus's? Yeah, just so Juniper got kind of like facsimiles of her. Yeah, yeah, stuff. you've got some like some rough equivalents. I think the main issue here is just like. If we can find, like, they're basically, they're tracking your gear because that's yeah. the only way they know how to find the base. So if your gotcha, shit is still sense. there, then they'll get it for you. But also, more importantly, they can trace it, whereas they can't just be like, dear diary, where is Xanthus? And it's like, he's here. So right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is, this is a pitch, Tom, so feel free to say no. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this would be something where if he could give it to a team and have it run by not Peter Baelish as its own like side op so that it's not dealing with the colliding of people who are in his room because we've heard about that kind of shit. Like, not Pete's very capable. Not Pete loves puzzles. Not Pete's very clever. Yeah. And not Pete's not here. <laughs> he doesn't need somebody <laughs> confusing shit in the castle. It's already really confusing. Sure, sure. Okay, so I love that. So not Pete is running the op. Modert is the person with the ability on the ground. Yep. Who would you send? Not Pete doesn't exactly have a lot of people in Barovia, 
there are like the citizens of Barovia, but they're all kind of linked to the city. I guess I'm mostly wondering like who would the support people for Modurt be? And you can send uh you can send our our friend from Cornucopia as well. Like he's just around now. You've got like Mog Crankshaft, uh you've got Dexter, you've got Trax. Uh Trax and Dex. They're both used to travel. They've both been in incredibly strange situations, so they have the intellectual hardiness to do it, and they're both actually capable. Yeah. Like okay, Mo great. is not a combat machine, but between Trax and Dex, you've got like ruthlessness, uh some charm. And yeah, I guess we got Mo work. opening doors and then like Dex and, and Trax arm wrestling through them. Boot yeah. Booting jerks. Okay, great. I love that. Um, okay, fantastic. So Juniper, um, you're not actually involved in that at all then. I think this is actually more of a fine Xanthus, not a yeah. get your stuff back. So that's fine. So um, what have you been up to? Other than growing plants. Uh, uh, I, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of it's kind of hard because it's like the immediate mission is like so risky and yet we need to be able to have clear principles and laws in place at least approaches to dealing with shit if when we are able to reclaim a car Okay, so thinking about, that's awesome. Thinking about what reestablishing a nation in a car would look like. Yeah. Okay, very cool. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, okay, excellent. Um, I will say uh, the only other uh, thing, Juniper, that um, has been on your mind of late is um, you've, with this body that's kind of stuck constantly stuck between a lot of your different um forms mm -hmm. um sort of pre-merged juniper has found just some like new things to adjust to in terms of like you know grandpa warwick's body seizes up in different ways than and yeah. like in different places because you're not sure which of your organs are his at any given time yeah um you've been getting wicked headaches somewhat irregularly um but uh it's been again just one of those things that's been draining your hit die basically and yeah. just keeping hmm. you um uh off your off your game a bit yeah um, yeah no it makes sense i mean science wise her nervous system is kind of fucky yeah and these are new <laughs> and you get the sense that it's just like you know you have no idea kind of what integrating a full juniper into another full entity like it hasn't been done before, and it's great that the host did it, but, like, you don't know. So yeah. um, you are currently dealing with uh, with that. Gotcha. Um, cool. Also, just, like, all the work as Dr. Martha. Just yes. Just, like, dealing with all of the PTSD going on. That in and of itself. Whew! Yeah, it's not been a light trip, particularly as more people show up. It's like yeah. there's one thing when it was just cornucopia, but now you're just getting like different varied stories coming in. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, great. So that covers out uh, that side of things. Um, Reginald, you are extraordinarily busy with this secret mission. So I don't think you have a ton of time for Ginny. Um, what is the what is the, the lesson you impart to your 
erstwhile frenemy Quinny, whose body you drove around for a bit to to his daughter. Yeah, I think he'd invite her in, and it's just trying to teach her paranoia. Because nobody (laughs) teaches that in this fucking weird world, and it's going to get everybody killed. And she's young. It's not her fault. She has a crap dad. Like, she's got to learn to not trust people. Uh, And that's his lesson, is like spy hunting how to spot when somebody's going to fuck you over, how to always watch for an exit. Just like professional-grade paranoia is his goal. Okay, so as someone who's rigged up a lot of door traps in case anyone tries to find me and has generally rigged up like a lot of, you know, non-active traps to just maim, really, folks. Like, I, I get... I'm picking up what you're putting down. This this seems pretty basic to me. Is, is, is what, what am I missing... Here, I mean, I know cornucopia is 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 pretty lovey dovey, and I get the sense that you come from like some kind of crazy hell world. Is that? Yeah, that's a pretty accurate way to describe it. So here's the thing: right now, you think you have people that you can trust, mm-hmm. and theoretically, as you're young, you probably think you're not going to die, or that heroes win, or that doing the right thing in some way matters. Okay, Those well, I didn't die. The heroes did win. And by doing the right thing now, a bunch of people are here and, and are okay. In fact, you seem to be kind of okay, too, more so than you were on Hellworld. So, sir, what, what part of this is, is, is wrong? Well, see, here's the thing. You think because it happened once, it's always going to happen. This is called confirmation bias. And that <laughs> is a problem for people when they think doing the right thing works out. I'm from Hellworld. I also have gone through some shit on this world. It's all good. Until it's fucking terrible. Because when this thing falls apart, it's just a world full of zombies. So, I mean, where am I right now? I'm in the smartest place. Right there, those are the portals. That's the door out. And if weird monsters come through those doors, everybody in this place is fucked if nobody notices right away. So I'm also here. So am I a coward? Yes. Am I a hero? Yes. Should you be worried all the time? Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, your your dad's died like a bunch of times. And as we've learned... Uh, the big butt guy, he can only bring so many people back from the dead. And if they kill him, oh, we're fucked. This whole thing comes down to that dude not dying. And nobody seems to be picturing that. They all seem to think we live in a castle where no zombies can come. It's a car. The whole nation's about war. That's all they do. It's. I'm just saying, it can get very bad. Also, a bunch of people in here are definitely spies who are going to try to kill us all. And figuring out who they are is very important. That's why, you know, I've got steve That's why we've got... You know, the other team, that's it's why we're trying to get you to look around and just see who turns out to be an asshole. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to tell you, a lot of the teenagers are assholes. Not me, though. I'm the cool one, but the rest of them kind of suck sometimes. Um, okay, look, I got to ask, though. Um, so you come from Hellworld, yep. and everything there is, is worse than here or better than here? It depends on who you're talking Hellworld, to. But like, if you're talking to, like the people that here are generally considered bad. Uh, the other world is vastly preferable because they're all in charge. Uh, every kind of villainous, monstrous uh, sociopath, they're all doing great. Okay. Uh, anyone who has emotions is going to have a real bad time where I'm from. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. So when the bad guys win, being good is bad. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah, that's horrifying, but that makes sense. So do you like, do you want to go home at some point or are you just going to live here? Oh, I don't want to go home. That place sucks. So, I mean, I'm kind of here banking on this working. 
because I can't <laughs> come up with a viable second option. Sir, what working? I don't know, this butt guy. I mean, otherwise I got to run out the door and then it oh, just okay. gets worse. But yeah, if we can okay. get to a car, here's the deal. They cut me in. I get to pick whatever I want out of the treasury first. And back in my world, so my dad, that psychopath, uh, had this giant black thing that covered him and it made him super strong and it gave him super ability. So I'm assuming that that is here in the treasury. I'm going to get that and I'm going to live forever. I mean, that does sound pretty fucking cool. Um, okay. Well, thanks, I think. I'll keep an <laughs> eye out for for assholes, I guess. Um, yeah, don't worry about the teenagers. Odds of them being spies very low, but watch their parents like a fucking hawk. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> I guess it just seems to me that uh, if the place you come from is horrible and, and, and a hellscape and everything's terrible and you want to stay here because here is better and safer and for a self-professed coward like yourself, like this is a cool place to be for you, um, that maybe some of these assumptions you're making about this place are completely wrong because they're from a completely different place that don't quite apply here and somehow you're just like kind of carrying them with you and you've just decided to apply them unilaterally to everything and like that kind of seems like what you're doing and like maybe I'm wrong and maybe I don't know anything, but like... Maybe you should just chill the fuck out, Mr. Reginald. Also, yes. my dad says you're a dick. And she flips you off and leaves. Yeah, see, they sent you to me to learn something, and I think you failed. I fucking hate teenagers. They're a waste of time. Do you know what? I think she's a spy. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, in here to and, throw us off. Steve, make a note. We're going to follow her. And uh, Reginald, as, as you're, you're muttering about this, um, uh, you notice a, 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 a slip of paper kind of slide out of uh, your, your armor. Um, and, uh, she actually slipped you a note, uh, saying, keep an eye on the green haired elf. Well, it's written lucky. in your hand, which is very upsetting. <laughs> well, you're lucky I actually read this instead of just eating it out of spite. Like I was thinking about, all right, Stephen, forget the girl. We got somebody else. All right. Figure this <laughs> out. If this is bad, we kill him. <laughs> Don't tell butthole. He'll really hate that. <laughs> um, yeah. Doc Huckleberry's like. Yeah, sir. I mean, look, I didn't want to bring it up, but he's been talking a lot about how much he can bring people back from the dead these days. So I'm a little concerned that if we kill any spies, they might just oh. come back and, and say that we killed them. So that's what you think. But he also put in a helmet order for all the people who were important to him. So I'd squish the head, squish the head, and they're gone. That's the job. Uh, and you just see Doc Huckleberry <laughs> look at his pistols, and you can tell he's mathing out how to squish a head with those. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> he goes back to his gun table and starts like making modifications. Okay, I want to make sure we're on the same page. You were thinking I shoot them in the head and then stomp on their head, right? Oh, uh, no, I was going to try and make bullets that explode their heads uh, so you don't need to do any stomping. It just seems oh, to me, whoa. sir, that if you're stomping on them, you're probably a little too close for safety. This is why I'm impressed by you. That's why you are part of my inner team and you get one of the good beds in my tent. Honestly, sir, I'm just really glad not to have to work for Mog anymore. And you see, like, Mog trying to set up the tent um, <laughs> and, like, failing a bit. Uh, and he's like, ah, foiled again. <laughs> just as, like, one of the sides falls in. But he's he's trying. Uh, I assume you've got, like, a tent fort. Um, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. Down but also, Gate. I have it set up and taken down every day. Because what if we have to go on the road? What if things get bad, Mog? You could kill us all. He's yelling. I know, sir. That's sits. why I'm trying to set it up. <laughs> Mog, Mog crankshafts, 11th attempt. Uh, and he, he goes back to trying to screw screw the tent uh, together. I think by this point, you're probably actually sleeping in a different tent with Doc Huckleberry. You just realized it's easier if Mog has a task. Oh, yeah, that dude needs shit to do, and it's not finding spies. 
Um, I sent him to spy on Quinny solely to annoy Quinny because he's not sneaky. Um, Could you roll me a, I'm going to say either an investigation or a deception check to see kind of how your spy mastering has been going. Uh, I feel investigation is, is very much, he's, sure. he's weirdly enough. He's a surprisingly brainy character. So he's like see. smart enough to know what's going right? to kill you. That is a 22 for investigation. Okay. So yeah, the, the flow of people in, into the, the castle has made it almost impossible to vet everyone. Uh, also perhaps more importantly, like there's no clear way to see if someone has sympathies with a car because theoretically anyone could. Um, there haven't been any overt actions against the castle. You know, like the food hasn't been sabotaged. The water hasn't been sabotaged. Um, but that's not to say that people haven't found their way here. And they'd have to be living people because obviously the undead can't can't make it here. So I think the fact that no spies have been found has made you like increasingly anxious because, mm. you know, it's it's like living in an apartment building, being like, oh yeah, no bugs. I've never seen a bug here. It's like, well, <laughs> the question isn't if, it's where. Um, so <laughs> I think um yeah, just getting increasingly anxious and particularly knowing that this this feast is coming up uh, and this this kind of escape attempt is is going to occur. Um, you're obviously on this team. I'm curious who else, because like obviously like Butthole, Juniper, and Quinny are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, Reginald, you've basically planned this. I don't think this was a them thing. My guess is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure like Butthole's edict would have been like, let's get to a car. And if Reginald's like, I got this, they'd all just kind of fuck off and do their, they're also like, he's bringing a lot of people back from the dead. He's got other shit to do. Um, would that be fair to say? Yeah. I mean, Reginald's the only one who would have any sort of walking basis of what the city is like. Butthole was kept mm-hmm. inside the palace the whole goddamn time. So assuming the rest of the world is laid out similarity, which has proven true thus far, then Reginald's the only local in the sense yeah. of having any idea of the palace outside of where Butthole was allowed. He was also a rebellious kid who was treated like shit. Like, he's not going to have mm-hmm. the full palace experience. And he has no idea what it's like to walk through the city. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Reginald is the one who can draw the maps and make the plans. Okay. So, who else would Reginald want coming along for... To stand between him and suicide mission, I guess. I mean, everyone forever. But I think he would bring <laughs> Doc Huckleberry. Um, okay. I... I'm debating right now whether or not he'd bring Mog solely in the sense of he could send Mog to do something stupid and die. Um, oh, but Mog geez. is also an idiot and is a liability. So, no, he wouldn't bring him on a suicide mission. Uh, probably just Doc Huckleberry. More people aren't going to solve this problem. So it's people with skill sets he doesn't have. Uh, and yeah. Huckleberry is pretty effective and he trusts him. And he's got to leave Steven behind to try to keep the rest of this fucking place running because... If somebody busts this place open and there's nowhere to come back to, this is a terrible move. Also, Stephen being a known defector, not leaving will also help keep up the ruse longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is useful. And he's okay. legitimately good at his job. Much like Butthole leaving Anon in charge, you're just like, yep, there's the same human. You do yep. the task. Is there anything else you would have been up to in the uh, in the meantime? Uh, 
a paranoid level of security would be his other thing, which is like, there are people watching the water who he trusts who've been here the longest from the original crew that Annan brought across. Like, those are the only humans he would trust. Mm. So those are the people guarding the food. Those are the people guarding the water. Those are the people guarding, like, the potion shop that could be easily turned into explosives and the armory. Yeah, uh, And then he just makes sure that he's got loyalists on the walls at all times. Like, it, it would be a weird and annoying problem that would not play to butthole strengths. But for... For him, it'd be like, okay, I have this many loyalists, and I need to fill a few of them into every shift in case some shit's going down. So he's been running, like, personnel math. And then, like, oh, no, someone got the shits again. Okay, we're going <laughs> to get out the charts. Like, it's just, it's charting and scheduling and moving people around. I feel like Andon has actually been helpful with this from oh, time definitely. to time. Like, I, th- I feel like it, it, once you put the book in here of, like, hey, if it's anyone who said uh, we are Andon at any point, they get to guard stuff, I think she would likely resist you giving her orders but would probably recognize what you're after um and obviously being in on the suicide mission would be like oh yeah no this we can be polite and happy later but if everyone dies between now and then that's kind of moot point i feel like reginald and annan could have a very healthy working relationship because annan is sick and tired of being overruled and reginald has never had a boss he could speak back to so he's had to convince (laughs) them that every idea was theirs which i think annan would be aware that he's actively doing but it's still polite so they can work that shit out yeah absolutely it's it's, um uh i read a book on working with different cultures that said like there's this term in sort of japanese business culture of like uh reading the air where it's just like there are a lot of very meaningful pauses and things that aren't said that matter infinitely more than what has just been said. And I feel like you and Anna just read the air constantly where it's like Mm. she's aware of what you're doing. You're aware of what she's doing. It works. It's actually a good working system for both of you, despite the fact that neither of you is directly saying or doing what you actually need to directly say and do. Yeah, she Um, she has a lifetime as a servant and he has a lifetime as a lackey. Yeah, great. Um, Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, So that's fine. So that is what you are about and keeping under control. That's all good. Um, excellent. Um, so continuing on uh, in, in her lessons, um, uh, Ginny uh, arrives. Uh, and again, I think she spent a lot of time with, with Uncle Butthole, but um, uh, arriving specifically uh, to, to gather some knowledge uh, from, from a man known uh, for his feats, known for his uh, his, his bravery and, and known for his, his own particular brand of wisdom. Uh, and so um, she she knocks on your kind of uh, big old necromancer's bedroom door um, <laughs> where you're you're currently working on, on some things. Uh, and uh, she says, uh, 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 Uncle Butthole, um, I'm, I'm here to learn. And the, the door just creaks open and she hears, come on in from way further back in the room. Uh, and when she looks <laughs> in, they've tied a rope around the knocker on the inside so Goblin Jr. can open the door by pulling on the rope and then he can shut it himself. So, Oh my God, I love it. She can come in. <laughs> uh, he's happy uh, amazing. to see her. You know? She's cool. So welcomed by Goblin Jr. who is like pulling on a rope but also trying to do his fancy uh, wolf bow. Ginny uh, <laughs> uh, enters the chamber uh, to learn something from Uncle Butthole. 
This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeks, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to the trailer for Madame Magenta Sonus Mystica. Hang on, why am I doing my own trailer? Where will the people want to see their star, my dear? No one can see me, Bernard. This is a podcast. Oh. You know what? I should have that deep voice chap doing this. You know the one. What's his name? Oh, the... Um, uh, the, the strange the, name. Yes. Like uh, a fruit. Uh, red pepper. That's yes, it. yes. It, <clears throat> in a world where something, something, something... That's the one? Oh, it's quite sexy, Bernard. Oh. Save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure I can keep it up. You've never had a problem before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was a very clever joke. Yes. I am a very turgid man. You are. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You do the trailer. Oh, right you are. <clears throat> in a world... Oh, great. Normal. Uh, Earl Grey, please. In a world where ghosts and angels walk amongst us... Float! They float! Uh, uh, float amongst us stands one woman, Magenta. Oh, God, my bloody spirit guide's frozen the milk again. It's going to have to be iced tea, I'm afraid. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, psychic, medium... <coughs> my throat. Oh, uh, Magenta... I can't do this anymore. Bernard, you won't get nodules. You're not Adele. Well, actually, interestingly enough, that wasn't nodules. That was an exploding polyp. Oh, God. Do you imagine that? Ew. Exploding polyp. Anyway, that's not why I can't do the trailer anymore. Oh. Do you mean... Uh, yes, the angelic manifestation by the dog bed, yes. <sighs> Here we go again. What do you want? From the makers of Mockery Manor comes Madame Magenta, Sonos Mystica. For all fans of the esoteric. Available now wherever you get podcasts.